Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1265 of the Locked on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Monday evening into Tuesday. Thank you for joining us, as always, on the podcast. Make us your first listen each and every day. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and, of course, on the video side on YouTube. I've been very busy on the podcast already this week. Two podcasts, uh, one on Sunday night, one on Monday morning, sort of a bonus pod. And then today, I'm turning this one around quickly. Usually, I would hold this episode till at least midnight on Tuesday or even Tuesday morning. But with the trade rumors that are out there, the draft nearing, I talked to Tyler Jones on Monday afternoon slash evening. I wanted to post that immediately for you. Uh, mostly draft stuff, but some certainly some touching on the uh, on the rumblings around the Hawks, around Collins and Capella, etc. I'm going to have some more news catch-up episodes uh, later in the week, so that's not necessarily on this pod, but I have stuff to touch on for sure, as well as my ultimate mock draft pick and my final thoughts on the draft. That's all coming up later on, but I want to touch Dr. Tyler. He's, of course, a friend of the podcast, a fan favorite in this space, and uh, we've talked about an hour. So stay tuned for all of that after the intro. Maybe myself and Tyler Jones on the draft, on the latest rumblings, and much more. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. I am joined now by my friend and friend of the podcast, the voice of the Hawks fan on the show, Tyler Jones. Hello, sir. Welcome back. What's going on, Brad? What about our Braves, man? Oh, Lord. We're, we're already starting here, huh? The Braves have been good, re- they've been good lately. What about our boys, man? They, uh... Well, so like if you're mad that the Braves lost two to the Cubs, it's because Brad canceled. It's uh, my fault. Yeah, I actually was going to If you didn't say 100%. that, I was going to say it out loud. I had uh, Tyler booked last the end of last week, and I, I had to cancel. It was my fault, and he was gracious enough to come back. But when I did that, the Braves lost losing, lost the wing streak. So I guess it's my fault. There you go. Yep, 100%. But they uh, won again no, on Sunday, though. We're good. They're back. Yeah, yeah, because we scheduled the, we scheduled <laughs> the follow up. It's so. true. It's true. So, so I knew they were they were gonna they were gonna get one back. Uh, yeah, I mean it's just nice to follow an organization that you know makes moves to improve the roster during <laughs> during the season. Like, yeah, you know they were struggling early, had some defensive issues, had some lineup issues, guys weren't producing, and so they just were like, all right, we're gonna make some changes. We're gonna we're gonna promote some guys. We're gonna we're gonna. Um, you know, get Billy, my boy Billy C in the in the lineup more often because he's raking. Uh, and then you know we're just gonna win fourteen games in a row because we got all the talent in the world. So it's it's just nice to see an organization you know make make quick decisions for a team that they believe in. Um, you know, so. <laughs> no, par- no parallels here. So no, it's, none. Um, obviously, we are talking. As I said before, I brought you in. We're talking on. Early evening on Monday, uh, this is the time of year when I have to timestamp things. I can't hold anything, so this is going to post right away when we talk because uh, I'm not trying to risk anything at this point. Uh, deals can happen even now. They've been happening around the league, and uh, the rumblings are, are running wild. Um, our mission is to get your draft text on the record, but before we get to the draft stuff, uh, I have to ask you what you've been thinking about the latest. Uh, I, I tend to even I tend to hesitate to even use the word rumor because I still think we're more in the rumbling phase than the rumor phase with regard to the Hawks and you know Capella and the Wolves and Collins and the Kings and Collins being super duper duper available all that fun stuff uh anything that you want are itching to hit on at this point because I know uh I know you love John so I'm sure you're not thrilled about that yeah I mean I'll just you know it's just kind of fascinating in general um that it appears to me what what it appears to me from that from the outsider like if I take a step back a bit is that 
they don't feel like they have they want another guy right they want another guy on trey young's level and they're willing to do anything which includes trading their currently best basketball players on on the team just to get that level of talent onto the roster because they're just not i i like i don't know like it just feels like they're trying to upgrade they're trying to get another star on by and like to me uh, they must feel really strongly about certain guys in this draft because they're really pushing this John Collins for a draft pick uh, instead of a proven veteran player. Like, I think they want somebody on Trey Young's timeline who can take the pressure off of him as a, you know, as a scorer slash ball handler slash all that stuff while also playing good defense. Uh, good luck finding that player in any <laughs> draft. But, um, like, to me, just in general, like, especially the John Collins, because, like, the John Collins stuff doesn't really make sense because they're not these trades don't upgrade the roster. And it you know what, Brad? Do you remember last last draft cycle when it was Cam Reddish in the news about how the Hawks wanted to trade for Cam Reddish to restart the rookie scale cycle or whatever? Yep. And I feel like they may be wanting to do something like that with with John Collins and possibly even Kevin Herter. I know Herter's name has been mentioned as much, but if they're going to trade John to get a guard, I'm assuming they're going to want to clear out the guard room to give that man some rotation minutes or something. So, but beyond that, there's also Aiton stuff. There's Gobert stuff, which might be more speculative. Like it's a lot of speculation on other teams' parts. Yep. I, I I'm I'm remembering that Danny Ainge is the is the current head honcho at Utah. So you mean you not, mean Danny Ainge might leak something? Uh, that, yeah. That, so I'm weird. not. I'm not entirely surprised that, you know, it's the Gobert stuff, which I'll, as an aside, like the Gobert trading stuff doesn't make sense to me uh, from Utah's perspective. Like the perspective deals coming the Hawks way, like they, it, it doesn't make sense because I don't see how Capella improves their team um, or makes them demonstrably better to, you know, trade Gobert, who's you know still – possibly the best defender in the NBA. Um, when it like to me it'd make more sense if Gobert was in like King's rumors or stuff, but it appears the Jazz aren't willing to make that type of rebuild stuff to uh put Mitchell in with guys on the timelines. But like in like what what do you Brad like what do you feel about all this stuff? Are are you with me? Like a lot of it I feel like one, I think teams do realize John is available. So of course his name's gonna be out there everywhere. But do you think the Hawks are gonna take like a 75% dollar deal just to just to get move up in this draft, I, I mean, yeah. So it's interesting. Obviously, trying to parse this stuff is kind of what I'm tasked with, and it's it's difficult because, uh, you know, there's just a lot going on, rumbling wise, a lot of being, a lot of reporting, and most of it, I will say most, some of it, because more interesting than other stuff for me, but most of it's not quite at the uh, rumor level yet. It's more of the like uh, rival executives say this or league insiders say this kind of stuff, and it's like. Um, I think that they do want to do something, no matter what Travis says on the record, um, which he did say on the record the other day, that they're, they're not looking to move to overhaul or whatever. I've heard the opposite across the board, that they want to do something different, and that's maybe even top-down above Travis from what I hear as well. Um, that wouldn't I, surprise me, uh, just to cut in real quick. like yeah. this, this is That is a Tony Russell move 100%. Uh, if, I don't know if Hawks fans really remember, but after the 61 season, the Hawks had an injury plague 
similar year that they had this past year where they only won 48 games, got some guys regressed. They lost, I think, no, was, yeah, DeMarco was still on the roster at this point, but, like, he got hurt in the playoffs. Al Horford got suspended, and they got swept by the Cavs uh, in a showing in which they couldn't grab a contested rebound. Tristan Thompson (laughs) really dominated that series. And Wrestler, it was his first year as, I think his first year as the full-time owner, um, had decided that he wanted to shake things up and change things. So out goes Al Horford and in comes Dwight Howard. And then, you know, the worst year and like the worst viewing Hawks season ever. Yeah. Uh, that that might be a good, uh, might be a good reminder for Hawks fans uh, of like the, uh, the, 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 the just impetus to just do something to do something uh, that doesn't always work. Uh, it right. can work, yeah. but it doesn't always work. Um, and that's kind of what it feels like in some ways. And look, the, the John stuff is getting louder, and I know you don't like that, and I I, I don't like it either, honestly, for the most part. I mean, part. like, um, Brad, I, I made my piece. I made my piece with this. <laughs> um, I, I like, understand. you know, they wanted, they've been wanting to trade him. They didn't want to pay him, and nothing's really changed in that regard. And, like, to me, if his role is going to be – like, if they're going to pigeonhole him into being Al Horford, you know, offensively, uh, then I'd rather watch him go somewhere else where he'd be featured as an offensive weapon. Um, and like I, I think I think internally the Hawks made the decision very early in Collins' career where they were like, he's not going to be the number two option on this team, but that's probably his ideal. Like that's the role that he wants, and that's probably his best role as a basketball player overall. And we're not going to build our team around that. Uh, because they they've they've had real opportunities. Um, I, I go back even to after Trey Young's rookie year when they had a bundles of cap space and they could have spent it on somebody like Brooke Lopez. And instead they kind of just held on to the cap space and they ended up using it on Danilo Gallinari and Bogdan Bogdanovich, which, you know, ended up working because again, they, this team did make the conference finals, but you know, at the same time, they also signed guys over Kevin Herter and John Collins. Like that's, that's that's the reality. That's the reality of what the, how the team is built right now, where uh, you've got two good start. Well, I, I, as an aside, I don't know if Gallinari's even starter caliber. I don't think Gallinari started caliber. Not anymore. Anymore. He, he was. Uh, yeah, and so like, but but at the time they signed him, he was that, and then they signed Bogdan Bogdanovich to, you know, give Kevin Herter a push. Which you know ended up working. Like Herder became a better basketball player. I felt like in large part because he had competition um, for minutes, and it forced him to play harder consistently, particularly on the defensive end of the floor. But I can feel, I can feel like the Hawks internally from their guys. They're like, we want, we kind of just want uh, more athleticism on the perimeter, more physicality, better defenders, and. Also, like, I do think there might be something where they want – they don't want what John Collins gives them at the power forward. They kind of want more of what – of the Draymond Green mode, if that makes sense, a more of a distributor, ball handler, a f- guy who can grab and gr- go and create easy offense for his teammates uh, in transition, whereas John is purely a – you know, he's a scorer first type basketball player. Like, he, his best skill is scoring in the NBA, um, and they don't – like they feel like they don't need that from him. Um, so they kind of push him to be, uh, you know, still a very good basketball player, but probably not the best that he can be. 
And so I can I can understand both sides, but like I think where I, I'm confused, and this goes to like maybe luxury tax concerns, but even then, like some of these deals don't make sense if they're trying to save money. Like I I I'm kind of confused why they're selling like it feels like to me, Brad, they're selling low to sell low and just and just to change things because like they want they want to make the change they and I'm guessing they want to take a risk on one of these guys in the draft who I think can be really good but especially next to Trey Young could be really good but like there's no sure things in in this draft class like there's no they're not trade like they're not trading up for Jason Tatum um like that guy's not I don't think that caliber of basketball player is is even going number one overall but there are some good basketball players that that could help long term, but in the short term, I think they're, I think it purely the John Collins stuff. I can't talk about the Aiden and the Gobert because I don't know, <laughs> like the Aiden stuff could be coming from his agent, could be coming from the Suns because they really want Capella. Like they, there's just a lot of there's a lot of noise regards to the other centers that really don't make that much sense to me if they if they since they drafted a Congo six and they're really high on him so. Um, it's going to be interesting uh, what happens. I'm I'm kind of excited to see what they do, but you know, like I said, like uh, when they when they drafted a Congo and then signed Gallinari, like you you were the one talking like, hey, Collins might be gone, and like that was the impetus. They didn't want. They never came. They never really came close to that contract extension where they wanted him to sign for under for what ninety over four or something like that, but. Um, I don't know. It's it's complicated. It's weird. I'm not that big of a fan. It feels it kind of feels like it, it. But it. But I can see like as a if you take a step back and take your fan side out of it, I can see like, hey, we want to take more of a risk on a guard type player than have Collins taking up 25 million of the of the salary cap. But I I still don't. I don't know. Like this draft, like again, we're, we're eventually going to talk about these dudes, guys, and I do like them. I like them a lot, but um, I mean, it's it's just a gamble, and uh, I guess they're willing to make it. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. If you're looking for a daily fantasy option this year, check out the award winning app at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know that you will too. It's so very easy to use, uh, both interface wise and also just the operation of the actual game. All you have to do is pick two to five players and an over under on their projections. One of the 10 times on any entry, it's just you against those projected numbers, and that makes it very easy to also decipher what's going on. And the entry can be made very quickly, it was just a minute or less, and they have safe, fast withdrawals from prize picks, and they have props on almost everything you can possibly think of. That includes points, rebounds, and even assists on the basketball side. And beyond that, they have mixed sports entries. So if you like MMA or soccer or baseball or hockey, whatever you like to uh, sort of check out in the sports world, pair it all together and use the, use your expertise all at the same time. And for a limited time, PricePix has an exclusive offer for all our listeners for Locked On, and that is $50 for free if a single player in your lineup has even a single point. But you have to use the promo code MBA. At Prize Picks. One more time, exclusively for Locked On fans, sign up today. Use the promo code NBA. Fifty dollars for free if a player in your first lineup scores even a single point. Check it all out at Prize Picks. I want to go to the draft now, sort of as a bridge. So you know, we could exhaust the rumor stuff, but we don't need to keep doing that. I think we're on the same page for the most part on what they could do. It's still, as we're talking, still a little bit early for specifics. But one of the scenarios, of course, is to either trade up into the late lottery, mid-late lottery, or to use Collins to do that. And I'm going to put that to the side. But, like, you talk about the guys at this draft. So um, I'll just open it up. Um, there, there are a bunch of guys who I think the Hawks probably have to either move up 
to get or use another way to get them. Um, they're not going to be able, available at 16. Um, and one of those popular notions is that Portland pick at seven or whatever else. Um, is there anybody, I know you've been looking at these guys, is there anybody in that kind of mid late lottery range that you tend to like and want to like, if they were going to go, if they, if they were going to do something is again, it's a big if, would you be uh, all over any of these guys? Like, are you, are you a Dyson Daniels fan? Are you an AJ Griffin fan? Like, do you like any of these guys? Yeah, Chet Holmgren. They should trade up to get other, him. Other than Chet Holmgren, who would who would well, take Collins and a lot more probably to get Collins to get him. So, I mean, that's the that's the type of like if I'm going to trade Collins, like that's the type <laughs> of deal that I'm going to make. You know, pair him in next to a Congo. Like that's a that's a building block of doing something. Um, you heard it here first. Uh, honestly, I, I think we could probably take it. We won't do this, but uh, I wonder what it would take. It would probably be like Collins. Uh, and the, like no three team picks. would do it. No Collins and three picks, probably. It's like one that. of those. It's one of those Paul George for four first round draft picks that the Pacers like. That no nothing. team does. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No teams. No teams do these trades in the NBA, at least. Uh, so um, they're probably not going to do that. So other than that, um, I am a Dyson Daniels guy. I like me, him. A me lot. too. He's a, you know, he, I, I don't know. I just, I just like, you know, the Mike Schmitz interviews, they're sadly going to go away because he got hired by Portland. But like, I, like he had a fun interview where he was talking to Mike and he was talking about stuff like chest blows while guarding people and all that stuff. Like that man understands defense in a way that is surprising uh, for young basketball players to understand. Like, Yep. He's going to be a really good defender. He might be already be a really good defender in the NBA in the NBA perspective right now. He was really good for G like the G League is a good league and he was like just take all the other stuff aside. He was a good basketball player in a good league last year. Like he was objectionably probably the most productive player on that G League team. Um and like probably the best like just pure like hey this guy is helping our team win the most he was probably he's probably number one over the past two years even more than like even Jalen Green or Jonathan Kaminga it doesn't say he has more upside than those two um but like kind of he he has a real understanding of the game a high skills guy good competitor like he'll, he'll challenge shots at the rim um and he and like to me he it looks like he's got the frame to get even bigger and stronger and more athletic um of course the question is the jump shot which I, I mean, it looks fine to me, but you know, you see, it, it is kind of a slow release. He talks about how he, he's trying to speed it up, but he's not a, he's not gonna, I don't, he's probably never gonna be a pure knockdown shooter guy, but he has a lot of other tools, good passer. Um, the, 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 the biggest weakness that, as I see, is like strength. He doesn't really finish through contact or go through contact, but he's, but I, I like the building blocks for him. Um, so that's a guy, but like, he's very also, thin, but other yeah, than that, yeah, yeah, but like, he's thin in a he's young way, like, he's got the like, unlike Kevin Herter, like, Kev, I don't know if Herter will ever be bigger than what he is, right? Yeah, now. I think he's more like wiry, yeah, is what I would say. Like, it's not like he's super weak either. He he defends physically for someone who is as young as he is, and also, I, I think his I think he's the son of a former pro basketball player. Like, he kind of, I mean, to your point about him getting the game, like, he definitely feels the game and plays the game. Uh, in a way that he understands what's going on. And the G League Ignite was not a great system for him. And I think that's probably a good thing overall. Like, they probably forced him to do some other stuff. But, like, in theory, the G League Ignite is not, is not the greatest development system for someone of his skill set. That's more of, like, an on-ball kind of uh, – and obviously he could do a little bit of on-ball stuff as well. But I think the theory would be, as someone who likes Daniels and maybe from the Hawks' perspective, would be, like, 
he gives you that secondary career that they've been wanting for a while, and he can also play defense. That's that's the theory. The only downside is I'm not sure he's going to give. I don't know if he'll ever be the score. Like I no, don't know. I, I don't. I don't, think, I don't. I don't think he will. I think I, I think he'll be okay at that. Yeah, I, I think he has. I think he like to me. I think he's. <laughs> I, I think um, Kevin Herter, but like. Just stouter defensively is a is a good outcome for him. In a worse shooter, probably. I yeah, mean, obviously Herter's shooter, a really but, good shooter, but but a, but but more dynamic in transition. Where I, I think yeah. I think there's there is some upside appeal to him in transition. Um, like I, I mean, just in general, like overall, I like him as I really like him as a basketball player. I think he can step in day one and be a, a good rotation player for the Hawks. Um, other guys like also I really like Johnny Davis too. Um. I don't know how how he rates like physically or like how athletic he is or what that, but he's super physical on both ends of the floor, um, and like he's a good he's a good scorer. And I was I, I was really impressed by both his high usage rates and and his ability to play good defense throughout the year for Wisconsin. So, I mean, he's another guy, but like, I mean, it, it just goes to that thing. Like, is that? Like is Dyson Daniels or Johnny Davis or Ben Matherin who I also like. Like, I, there's nobody in this draft I don't like. Like, even somebody like AJ Griffin who didn't show much really at Duke outside of catch and shoot. Like, I'd get it if the if the Hawks were to trade up in a vacuum to get him, uh, just because he's so young and he's such a good shooter already. Like, you're hoping that he can develop the other tools. But I mean, John Collins is a lot to give up for for. Well, I, yeah, I mean that, that, that's right. what it comes down to. It's like it's really, and this is what I'm saying for a long time. Not to, not to be the whole Collins thing again, but like for me, I, I like these guys too. But this is not the sweet spot of this draft. Like this is a clear top three or four, depending on what you think about those guys. And then it's very flat from there. And generally speaking, you don't want to be going up in a flat draft. That's not what you want to do. Like as a theory. Now, on the other side, you have a president of basketball operations and Travis who does not tend to care about value. Like he might just like a guy and go get him. That's what kind of what kind of the way he thinks. And that's, that's a, that's a philosophy thing, but yeah, I'm kind of with you that like, not that they're all the same, but they're all similarly um, like graded out for me overall. Like you can have your preferences with Daniels or Matherin. Um, if you liked AJ Griffin's high school tape, you might still have him there. Cause I think his upside still like kind of untapped, but he's also a little bit less athletic than he used to be. I don't know. Like, there's not a guy that I am just like salivating over. To what about Shaden Sharp? Right. Well, that's the yeah. Shaden Sharp is the ultimate wild card, and for me, it would be very hard for the Hawks in their current position when they want to win to mortgage assets to go get Shaden Sharp. But hold on, do they want to win? Do <laughs> well, they want to win? Okay, that's. A, I mean, that's a question. Obviously, they be, because okay. they had they had options like they had options to improve the roster at the deadline, and they chose not to do anything. They did not. And I, I think, okay, here's the thing. Uh, you can, I think it's fair to question like how much push they're going to do in terms of spending and all that stuff to win now. But when you have Trey Young on your team, you have to try to win because if you don't try to win, he's going to be mad about that. Like you have to, you're, you should already be now in keep Trey Young happy mode. Okay. Well. And they would have kept, like, here's my thing they would have kept Trey Young happy. If after his rookie year, they tried to win, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think it resets a little bit when you um, give him the, the max and the player option and all that stuff. But I think th- they can't really afford to take a big step back. And listen, no no matter what happens, if they were to trade John, 
for a draft pick, that is a step back in the short term. I don't care what you think about that deal overall. You and I are less excited about it overall. But even if you like that trade for the Hawks, whoever they get at six, seven, five, whoever is worse than John Collins by a lot in the short term. Like, that's just what it is. So know that going in. And, like, I mean, that's the other thing is, like, I mean, I like guys in this draft. Like, I like Pari Eason a lot. Like, I I think he as a – And he's the first guy we talked about that might be that might be there at 16. Like, he actually might get to the Hawks anyway. Or he's, Jeremy Sohan at, at – like, he might fall. Like, I think somebody's going to fall, but if they're keyed in on a guy, it's just, it's just interesting to see who that guy is and, like, are they really willing to take a bad deal to get him? Well, like, and I think I think the answer is yes to that last part. We've we've seen. Tra- I mean, all respect to Travis, he's done some bad deals value wise for guys he wanted. That's just he's not unwilling to do that. I think we've seen that. The problem is, but the, but there's a difference. There's a difference in bad deals, as in I'm giving up draft capital of guys I don't know who are going to pan out versus John. Versus yeah, that's, it is different. It is a different. legitimate two way basketball player who has all star upside still. Like, I, yeah, and I, I think that basically what you have to. And there's also the curveball of like these deals are being talked about. Let's just like let's just use Portland as the example because that's the one that's been reported on. Um, you can't if you have a guy you want, you can't make that deal until you're on the clock. Yeah, at seven because that guy could be gone at six. Like if, if it's Ben Matherin or it's whoever, if it's Dyson Daniels, they might go six, and then you are you have to reset everything, which is why it's so early. Even though it's draft week, it's early to do this for draft picks in particular because you don't know who's going to be there. Like you just can't know that. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. In the auto world, it makes the models these days. It's basically impossible for all the local chain stores or any of the local chain stores or dealerships or anything like that to stock all the parts that you need for your car or your truck. And if they have them, you actually want to endure all the question from the person behind the counter. All they want to do is tell you what they want to sell you from their warehouse or whatever makes them the most money. Instead, act on your own behalf by accessing rockauto.com right now at home or in your pocket. It's a much, much better option overall. Why spend more for the exact same parts at a dealership or a local chain store? Instead, use rockauto.com for the lowest prices available. And it's a family business that has been serving customers for more than two decades at this point. And the prices are reliably low and the same for each and every customer. They have all of what you need for your car or your truck. That includes, of course, stuff, stuff like brake parts and tail lamps, motor oil, even carpet for your car. And check out the website right now, rockauto.com. Today, see all the parts available for your car or your truck. And when you get there, write locked on in the box that asks you how you heard about rockauto.com. So they know that we actually sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Let me ask you, what do, what do you think about the Jaden Ivy um, at four? Because I'm I'm of two minds, right? On one hand, like I do think based on because I, I don't know if you read um Landry Fields' interview uh, stuff uh, from Kirshner on the Athletic or whatever, but but I did notice that one thing they did point out is they want another guy. They want somebody to take the pressure off of Trey Young as a ball handler. Yeah, they would say that every availability or anything off on that, off that the record, is, that is the whole time. Like to me, I feel like more than anything else, that is the thing. That's why I say Dyson Dennis, because I do think like it's funny. I, I think he's legitimate a point guard. Uh, well, that's I mean that, that's why he played in Australia, especially. And look, the funny thing is you say that, I mean, and I agree that they've been talking about that for a long time to ease that burden from Trey, but at the same time, they also talk about defense 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 every time they do an interview and like those two things are not usually going to be the same like exactly with, with daniels and that's and there is there was somebody report i think it was jake fisher reported that daniels was the guy they wanted he is the only guy 
that does both of those things in that in the class in terms of that range. Now there are guys who are two way players, but in terms of like actually having the ball in their hands and projecting as a plus defender, I don't think that Matherin really does that. I think he's obviously a good player too, but he's less of a plus defender prospect than Daniels is. Griffin was a bad defender in college. Um, so like, if you're just saying, and maybe this is why Daniels has been rumored. If you're just saying, look, who's the only guy in this, in that, in that range that actually could be a secondary ball handler and a good defender. That's Dyson Daniels. So that might be what it is. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I'd be in, I'd be in, and that, that's where I go back with Ivy where it's funny that he had this breakout year, but I think I liked Ivy a lot more his freshman year. Um, this out. Freshman year slash is what, what he did. Um, for the USA under 19 team, I think he played alongside Cade and yeah, that group. Like, cause he was a much better defender. Well, and that'll be what um, he is. I mean, if, if you figure out for the, for the Hawks, there's already the ease burden offensively for him if he's with the Hawks. Like, yeah. And listen, I think that is extremely unlikely to happen. Like, could it happen? Sure. Um, but it doesn't seem like there's any smoke on that at all. Even the reporting that I talked about on the, on the, on the bonus pod on Monday, it was like the Kings want Collins but don't want to trade four and it's like all right well they don't want to trade four and that's the pick that would have to be Jaden Ivey because I, th- I think if he gets to five the pussers just take him so it's not really going to matter I don't think I know that was the Andrew Kelly special uh, early in the process too but I think Ivy is one of those like yeah maybe they could throw every asset in the book at him but I can't expect that to be like a thing that actually happens I don't know yeah and I don't I'm I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Ivy's game um I, I mean, I get the appeal, but I think his best position is point guard. Um, I'm not sure if he's ever going to be a good enough shooter to be consistently off the ball, which is what he would be um, for the Hawks, which is why, you know, I can see them in their eyes valuing the guys we talked about more. Like, I I think there's some – I think there's a bit more upside than we talked about with Ben Matherin. Um, I don't know if we I talked about him that much. I do like his shooting stroke. No, he's got he's got a he's got a he's a he's great got, shooting stroke, and he's very athletic, and he's a strong finisher at the rim where he's going to try to dunk on people, and like that's something the Hawks haven't had on the perimeter. I, I think actually, just to build on that, I, I haven't talked about him a lot on, on the pod recently. I think of the guys in that range, he is. This is going to sound derogatory, and I, and I don't mean it that way. I think he's the safest guy I do of too. all of all of them. Yeah. I think he's going to be good. Now the thing is. Um, I don't know if his upside is quite as high as some of the other guys. I think defensively he's just okay rather than mm-hmm. great. Um, but like the combination of his shooting, his IQ, his defense, like he's a really intriguing guy that I've always liked. I had him in the top 20 last year before he took, before he withdrew. Like I liked him last year a lot. I still do now, but I, I don't know. He's also a little bit similar to what they have already. Um, yeah, that's the problem. So not, not, I mean, listen, I think his upside is higher is, is higher than either of the guys they have now, but he is a little bit, a little bit duplicative. You would say of the Herder Bogdanovich duo. Listen, you don't not draft a guy because of that. If you love him, you, you go out and get him. I'm just saying like, I don't know. He's, uh, this is going to be very, very simplistic. And I, I don't mean it that way, but like Daniels is like the theoretical defense plus ball handling guy. Matherin is more of like, plug and play in a good way kind of shooting guard prospect and then like aj griffin is like the 
you know, he's the best shooter maybe of the, of the three, but also it has like the weird track record where he was the number one guy in their class. He had two injuries. He doesn't play defense anymore, but maybe he can in the future. Um, I don't know. These, they're all different players, but I do think Matherin, if they wanted to both be safe and aggressive at the same time would be the guy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But that like, I mean, that just goes back to the thing where I'm like, these are good prospects to have. Yeah. And like, you know, I think they could end up developing into good starters, good role players, but star? I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, honestly, and, and that's the thing. It's like, okay, we're we're going to trade, uh, roughly what top sixty, top seventy basketball player in the NBA who's not twenty five yet, um, for wanna, another yeah. for another Kevin Herter, Bogdan Bogdanovich type. Which I mean, again, they're good basketball players, but. And that's been a theory of mine forever. I mean, you know that you were, you were said a million times, but I am not a fan, generally speaking, in a vacuum of trading up for non-stars. And that's what this probably would be. Now, there are there is some way that – who pick your guy. Shaden Sharp, Dyson Daniels, A.J. Griffin. There is some way those guys become stars. Not like super-duper stars, but stars. That, that's not impossible. But I think you have to think those guys are going to be stars to do this kind of move, at least, at least fringe stars. Like the Hunter thing was they gave up a star-level package for a non-star prospect. And but that's what I'm, you don't want to do. Brad, they think Hunter is a star. I know they do. I'm just saying from the outside, from the outside perspective, and I liked Hunter in that draft, all that fun stuff. But, like, I think there was not a – not really a likelihood for him to actually be an offensive star. Like maybe the two-way equity would take you there. And that's the same thing I feel about these guys. It's not even about these guys being bad. They're all good prospects. They're all appropriately rated in this class. But – like with the exception of Shaden Sharp, who would obviously be an upside swing because that's the whole thing about him is that he's supposed to be an upside swing. And he's obviously the, the, the floor is a lot lower. I think especially with regard to Matherin and Daniels, those guys are like you're hoping they're going to be top 50 ish players in the league. Like you're hoping for that at the high, high end. And that's good player. Th- th- that's a good player. But that player is like what Collins is right now. So basically you, what you have to believe is they unlock something else about your roster, which they might. And importantly, they are cheaper and under control for longer. Yeah. It, and that goes back to my, you know, restart the the cycle. They want, they don't want to pay. They, I mean, I think something that is clear from everything is that they don't like paying John Collins $25 million a season. They don't seem to want to do that. No. And I think you can probably add Herder into the mix where they don't like that they're paying Herder 15 mil. What's funny because they, 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 that was the one they did a year early and they, mm-hmm. they knew already. I mean, that was the, and I, I think that one's even more. I mean, we, you and I like Collins a lot. I, I get that. I think the Herder deal is like, you don't do it a year early if you don't, if you don't like that deal. You know what I mean? I think like, they, I think they both like it and would prefer that Herder still be on a rookie deal well right that's part of the problem to me me, they just don't want to pay much like they don't want to pay real salary no until they have another guy on this roster and that's like that's flat out flat out the thing like they don't want to pay another guy until they have another Trey Young type basketball player on this team it seems like that that might be the case and listen they also have the curveball which maybe is part of this as well of bogey has another injury and he's not getting any younger and he's got two more years left. And like he is tradable, but teams know he's hurt again. So like if you needed to do something, he's not as easily movable as he was, you would think. I mean, he's probably he's still movable, but it's just, I mean, yeah, I think that that I think they made the bed 
a couple years ago of kind of aligning all these contracts, how they were. And now that they're actually going to all become paid properly, they're realizing that they're not good enough to go 20 million into the tax, which they would have to do to keep them all together. And they're not going to do that. So that's really maybe even the inciting incident of all of this is that they look at the books now, if you're Tony and you say, okay, for me to make this team the best it can be without trading anybody, you're into the tax. Like bringing back the lawn, finding a mid-level guy to play behind John, like you're in the tax at that point with this team that was the eight seed last year. And they're not going to do that. So that's, I mean, I know people don't love to talk about the financials and the tax and all that stuff. And I, it's not my favorite thing either, but I promise you it matters. I promise you Tony is not going to pay the tax and unless he thinks they're, they're going to be awesome. And he's not, and and he's not this, convinced. And this conversation is why the Warriors are going to continue to win they don't because care. they don't care. They'll, they'll, they'll they don't care. And like Clippers too. Clippers do the same the thing. thing. The, the Hawks can pay the tax and still find that another player. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. still find that Trey Young type of elite top 15, top 10 basketball player while paying the tax, while keeping a lot of these, you know, good role players or, you know, they consider role players plus starters on the books like the Warriors did. What there, there's no team in the NBA like people gave Winhurst a lot of crap for it, but it's true. No team in the NBA would have paid as much luxury tax money as the Warriors did, um, while being the worst teams in the NBA two years in a row. No team would have done that. It mattered, and listen, and... You, you can't expect everybody to do that, and I get that, but like, but Brett, look how deep their team is. Like, well, that's, that's what won them the and title. listen. I mean, the, the I Celtics. I think the Celtics were the best team in the NBA this year because they made. Shout out to Brad Stevens for making moves and making decisions, believing in his young talent. They had depth. Um, but they what what the Celtics didn't have was a bunch of guys. Like they had, they, they had seven guys basically. Like the the Warriors throwing out Gary Payton, Otto Porter Jr., <laughs> like um, Andrew Wiggins getting this resurgence when he's really not that different of a basketball player. He's just more committed to playing defense. And like, it's amazing how much, how much better people look at Wiggins when he's still like a relatively inconsistent shooter and scorer. Like he's, he's really not that much better than what Harrison Barnes is right now. Like they might honestly be the same caliber basketball player, but, but, and they're paying him $30 million to be Damari Carroll basically. But hey, Damari Carroll's a good basketball player. And if you don't care about money, then yeah, pay, pay, and, overpay for the. And guys. I wait, I'm listening as a fan, which I'm not, I'm, it's not how I'm operating anymore. But as a fan, I always think you should not be defending slash encouraging your ownership to avoid the luxury tax. You should not care. You should want them to do the best possible thing for the basketball team. And that now, generally speaking, would be to pay the tax because you're and, already there. And here, here's my here's my bigger, like, even beyond, like, this roster. The biggest issue the Hawks have right now is that Tony Ressler is too invested in this team, both financially and as a fan. Like, he's a true fan of this team. Yeah, you need – There's a lot. Yeah. But he that, also doesn't want to pay. Like, I mean, yeah. that, that's a good thing in this in one sense, but it's, a, it's not so good in the sense that he's always looking to make headlines He's always looking to get his team's name out there. He he's also involved. He's involved. He's, he's involved. Super involved as in like, which is I his right. He he owns the team. He paid for the, he paid for the team. He can do whatever he wants. But I, I think in general, personally, this is my opinion. 
I would not want my owner being super involved in basketball decisions. That's me. As a fan of a team or an observer of a team in a vacuum, what you want is Steve Ballmer. You want the guy who will pay whatever it takes and who will leave you alone. And that's not Tony Wrestler. Like it matters that he cares to win. I think he does. I think he does want to win. That does matter. But like, he's also, and the people think I'm making this up. He's been, I can't share all of it anyway, but some of this has been publicly reported. He has put his thumb on the scale multiple times on oh, transactions. Yeah. This is not, a, this is not even me just like, this is not a mystery. This is full this goes, on happened. This goes back to the Trey Young, Luca. It goes before that. Deal. Like before even, that. Paul Millsap. The Dwight Howard, Al Horford stuff. Paul Millsap too. Like all this. He like, literally yeah. admitted on the record that he, that he was the one that nixed a Paul Millsap trade. And listen, you can argue the impact of that wasn't as big as people. Regardless, he said it. He admitted it on the record that he said no to a deal that would have made them better long-term. It just would have. And then, yeah, you, we can argue about who was behind the trade, the trade, Luca trade, or the Dwight Howard acquisition. There was It's always a mixture behind the scenes. And there's always stuff that I've heard that I can't say out loud. But no matter what, Tony is active. And he's admitted this. He's active in personal decisions. Travis is the guy. But Tony's signing off, and if he's signing off, or more than signing but off, but he's signing off. Like, but like to me, like his investment, like him, him wanting to win this much while also being financially solvent for an organization, like, <laughs> wants to be. It's hard in to do the black. Yeah. Um, which I mean, he he still would be in. He still would be making the the organization wouldn't be making. Like he's very much like Brad. He's very much a finance guy. Like yeah. he is. This, this is why this is why he's selling draft picks because Ugh. he's getting he's Lord. getting real money to pump pump into his books to show that they had a good year. Like he's very much quarter by quarter. He's a quarter by quarter type of guy, financial quarter. Yeah, I don't want to get too super. No, it's okay. We'll move on know. from this. I just I just thought it but was like it's interesting. It sort of informs everything because no matter what, I, I will I will be convinced. I've said this before. If they were to in a vacuum trade Collins for a draft pick part of that will be financially motivated I promise you that that, that is a factor that is on the table in any move like that or Capella, same thing with Capella if they were to move Capella for a pick or something they're gonna they're gonna save money on that transaction on purpose so like it is what it is I'm not gonna change anything neither are you um, but it, it's just a, it's an under under discussed thing that people get mad at me about and I'm not listen Tony wrestler makes the Atlanta spirit group put the shame like Tony it, Hawks are in a much better place now than they were when I was a fan of the team growing up and in college and all that stuff this is a much much better place that could also be he's a little bit more involved than I would want <laughs> at this point in time and I'm not sure he wants to pay the tax that's okay I mean it is what it is um all right we, we've done a lot on that I want to make sure I get before we get out of here what you like anybody else that you like in the draft because let's just say they don't move up or they keep 16 or whatever uh Anybody you like or don't like? like um, you, you mentioned Eason already as a guy that might be – Sohan I think is going to be gone, but he could be around, I guess, if he slips like Jalen did. Yeah, Eason just because, like, I really like his intensity level. He, he's a pure – like, I think he's also a purely instinctual basketball player, which is something that – you know, it's funny. Like, it's he's kind of the opposite of DeAndre Hunter who's super robotic and methodical. Like, Eason yeah. kind of goes on feel, and that can burn you a bit. Um, but – like I do think he he'd give this Hawks team something they don't have, right? Which is like you know it's like high level intensity, 
on on really both ends of the floor and like super physical type of guy. Um, other than Eason, I mean, it's it's a lot of guys. Like, um, I like Jalen Williams. Uh, I like both Jalen Williams in the back of just, but like you know, Santa Clara Jalen Williams at sixteen. I like him. Um, the only real downside to his game is I wonder why he didn't wasn't better. Like he should have been. He sh- he was good in college, but I feel like he, based on you know the tools that he has, like he probably should have been a bit more dominant. That might have to deal with his athleticism, but he did test well in the combine. So yeah, it might be something where he he's starting to you know that's the thing with with young guys. You kind of don't know when the, they stop growing or they stop you know maturing physically. So he might just start be filling out into his body. Uh, but that's somebody I like. I like his feel for the game. He is very schlanky. Yeah. Like dribble he, pass shoot, super skilled. Like he's a very, he's, I'm not, I, I don't know if Travis likes him or not, but knowing what I know about Travis's and what he values, Jalen Williams does all those things that Travis values. Do you remember Lamar Patterson? Uh, very, very well. Yes. Yeah, he kind of remind like he's he's I think he's more he's just more athletic flat out. He is, but yes, yeah, kind of the same type of like super nice feel for the game type of basketball player. Yeah, I, it was it was a like very good passer too, like very. Good oh, passer. very. I, yeah, basically, if Lamar Patterson was more athletic, he would have been a guy I loved, and he was still an interesting prospect. But yeah, no, I, I and I, honestly, he's not. That's similar to Kevin Herter, but a lot of the reasons why Travis was drawn to Kevin Herter are present in Jalen Williams. Yeah. Uh, and they're similar, they're similar size as well. So, uh, but the funny thing is he's probably a shooting guard. Um, he, he's, he's pretty long, so maybe, maybe he can play some three, but uh, just an interesting – he's shooting guard height and, and, and uh, weight, so we'll see. Um, but no, he's a guy I like a lot. I, I think that maybe you're worried about athleticism just a touch. But he would definitely be on my radar at 16, particularly if Eason was gone. I have I have Eason a touch higher, but those guys are pretty close together for me. Um, I'm trying to think of who else I should ask you about. Oh, um, Ochai Baji, where are you at on that? Because that, that's a popular Mets fan guy that people like. He can shoot it. I I mean, I saw the, the few games I saw in the tournament, which was basically the Duke UNC game. Which what a your, game! Your Tar Heels. That was the title. That was the championship. Uh, and then I saw the I saw the uh, national championship where uh, somebody won. It didn't matter, but <laughs> not uh, not your Tar Heels. I was there. Yeah, uh, but he can shoot it. But I I don't know that much about him. I, I in general, I always prefer younger basketball players in the draft. Even though like Tari Eason's twenty one right now, but he he was super productive. Like he was. Yeah, I, outside outside of. Um, Keegan Murray, who would also like honestly, if the Hawks were to be like, "Hey, we want to trade John Collins for Keegan Murray," Murray, um, I that's a guy like he. Oh I, wow! Like that you. to me, if you go, it was like, all right, we want to reset the clock. We're we're just going to trade different John Collins because I think there's some this he his game like he, the way he gets his points. Um, how efficient he is, how he's good on both ends. Like, I don't think he's going to be – I don't know if he has the athletic upside that Collins still does, but, like, I like him a lot. Um, and that would actually be a position-for-position position type of switch where I think Keegan's a power forward. He has more ball skills than John, but, like like I say, he's not the athlete that John is. But, like, yeah, that would be 
that no. would be interesting. But like other than Keegan Murray in college, and you know Chet Holmgren, who who's in some conversation, your guy Chet. Um, Tari Eason was super productive, but he is twenty one years old. But like, I knew, like, I knew, I knew you were gonna like him. I don't know why I knew that, but I knew you were gonna like him. Tari I mean, Eason. he 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 plays. I mean, he's he's a rough he's a roughneck kind of guy. Like, well, yeah, he would he would get. And the Hawks need Hawks I was going to say type of aggression. This is one of your things that you said, and I think you're right about this. Uh, the Hawks don't have, and and honestly, a lot of that is because of what Schlenk values. Schlenk yep, is a exactly. Schlenk is a finesse guy. He's a he's a skill guy, and it comes from that Warrior system where the Warriors were kind of valuing the same things, other than maybe Draymond. But like Tar Eason is the opposite in a lot of ways. Like he's a physical stock creating uh rebounding a uh, bludgeoner of a prospect and, and that's this, not a hawks thing usually and this is my concern with trading john collins beyond just that we're losing a good basketball player this is the hawks are not a super physical basketball team outside of what john brings them um on both ends of the floor like just that high level of physicality like we can talk about the skill and all that stuff and like can he pass can he dribble like who like they don't or, or you know him and um, Onyeka Kongu, who you know, may, we can talk about him on another pod. But like these guys are kind of by the book basketball players. I, it you know outside of training, training is a different category. But like everybody else is kind of a, they kind of do their thing and they don't really look to generate you know make wild plays like try to dunk on people. They. They're all a bunch of guys who play basketball the right way. And they kind except for in certain situations with Bogey, like that's what, what makes Bogey so valuable for this team as well, is that he'll break the offense, break the mold, and try to try to uh remix and do stuff on his own, which ultimately frees up opportunities for everybody else on the team. So and I and I find I find my pull to Easton to be like he would really bring that that bring something to the table that this team really needs and doesn't have at the moment. Um, but other than Ethan, um, Malachi Branham would be interesting. Um, but it's purely on like, again, it's kind of, he's kind of like to me, he's kind of in the AJ Griffin mold where I think he can shoot it, but I'm not sure he can do anything else. Uh, one thing I did notice that Ohio state sets a lot of moving screens uh, around the rim. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure you noticed that. Of course. Where, and it's like he got a lot of easy driving lanes, and that's just not going to happen. I don't know if, I don't know if he's gonna, he has the dribble package, but at 16, you know, on a pure talent play, like, I, I, I got no problem with it. Um, but, yeah, it, it's kind of it's more in that mode, right? It's kind of in, uh, in that type of mode. Like, you know, there's – Del and Terry, there's David Roddy at 44 potentially, though he's getting he's getting top, he's getting first round pick buzz now, which I, I knew was gonna happen. But yeah, he's he's 30 for ESPN. I saw today. I mean, yeah, because again, he's coming physical guy who likes to dunk on people like I who's also skilled. I think teams like that, uh, and they should, but it's it's a flat draft though. Like at, at the and I think that's my overall point where I'm like, hey, there's a lot of guys. Like the only guys I don't like who are guys I don't who how about this, Brad? Who are guys you don't this, like? This is hard. Yeah, I was actually how about to say this? before we get out of here, like I 
I'll probably share I mean, a few more. I mean, but... remember last last draft, like there were a bunch of guys people didn't like. Yeah, I mean, I, I, had, I have like. a hard time with a couple picks, but they're not even crazy. I mean, like for me, like I, I would not be in love with taking Jovic at 16. I just because the defense is so bad. Um, I am not the biggest Jaden Hardy guy, but at least I can see it. I mean, I understand why people like him. Um, and those are both like top 25 guys, generally speaking. I mean, that's kind of it. Other guys who were like widely mocked in the top 22, 23 picks. I mean, the centers, I wouldn't take without another plan in place. Like you got, you kind of can't take Mark Williams without knowing Capella's traded basically. Um, yeah. Or Kennedy Chandler, I actually like, they just can't take him because he's a, he's a pure point guard size guy and you can't use that pick on, on that player. But yeah, I mean that's kind of the problem. Is that like I people ask me this offline too? Like, who would you be mad if they took? And it's like I don't really have a guy that I would like lose my mind. About. Take take the Hawks out of it though. I, I I mean like just in general like these prospects. Who's no, a I guy mean, you don't like as a prospect? Because I, I, mean, I mean there aren't that many, honestly. Yeah. Like I'm I'm not a I'm not a big. Um, I'm trying to look at the board now. Um, I'm probably um, a touch lower on Keegan Murray than most people is, but even that he's he's a good prospect. Um, I don't, I don't think of him as a top five guy in this class. Um, yeah, I don't really think that I'm like super out on anybody. I mean, maybe Walker Kessler. I don't, I don't buy it at all. Oh man. I mean, he's just, he's just, all all it is is like, he's just a backup center. That's what he is. I mean, he's fine. If you want to take that guy at 25, it's not that big of a deal, but like, I know that's a former Tar Heel, but, um, he is just a, he's a backup center, isn't he? I mean, that's. What he seems to be for me. I, I mean, I think he's a specialist, right? But yeah. I think he's a good spe- – Like, I, It's fine. I, I also think teams need special – like, teams, yeah. every team needs a guy who's just going to come in, protect the rim, and make lob dunks. Like, At that range, it's totally that, fine, too. Like, if, if you're taking him at, like, 15, then that's too high. But, like, if he, if he goes where he's supposed to go, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'm probably a little lower on Malachi Branham like you are. That's probably the guy that I'm – probably disposed not to like just because not because of Ohio State but because the defense is so bad like he's so bad defensively it is like jarringly bad and he's limited athletically too so like maybe that's the guy but even then if you're 16 he's mocked at like 10 like if, if you're 16 and you're the Hawks and like he's pretty schlanky too like I don't know they got lots of guys that are available to them that are pretty interesting so I don't know flat draft but not a bad draft is what I'll say yeah I think that's I think that's my viewpoint which is why you know trading back would be an option uh, I would certainly sign up for that. I think that's a, but, it's always it's always it's always unpopular with fans to trade back. And this is my and this is my wrestler point. Like wrestler is a fan, so they're not going to trade back. Like I, <laughs> I think he's Fair. like I I really do think he's too invested emotionally in this team where he gets super disappointed on stuff that like this Hawks season. Like we talk about all the time, injuries played a major role. Like these guys weren't healthy to start the year. And they had their foot, they had their backs against the wall like in December because of it. So I, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like what the Hawks are going to do this offseason reeks of uh deck chair moving where they're just gonna they they like like they just want different guys in in different roles to see how it looks. But I don't know, I guess it's gonna depend on on what they do overall. Um. Yeah, for sure. La- last thing before we go, because like I, I just want to get your who, who's your who's your favorite number one prospect guy in this draft? 
Cause I've heard I've heard you I've heard a couple draft pods. You kinda you kinda go back and forth. That's how I still am. You're not gonna get a great answer from me. I uh if it was today, my number one is Chet today. Uh I think that's gonna stay the I, but I think that's the gap's not huge. I think I would I would have Chet number one. Um but I also think that it's you know understandable to not have Chet number one, if that makes sense. Like there's not a guy in this in this draft that I'm like convinced is a superstar. They're just not. So like, Brett. So I, I'll ask this uh, for the Magic fans out there. Oh, are they? What What are they going to do about the fact that they got all these combo forwards? But like, why not? Why not try Jaden Ivy? You know, I would honestly. I'm I am not like the biggest Jaden Ivy guy, and I still would think that was like a reasonable pick for yeah. Orlando. Because, like, you know, at the end of the day, everybody needs a number one creator. So if you think that's who that guy is, then you take him. I mean, I know they drafted Jalen Suggs last year, but, like, you can just take another guy if you think he's the best player. If they thought Ivy was the best guy, they should take Ivy. That's just what it is. I don't care about Suggs being there. I don't care about anything else. Take the best player. Um, if it's Paolo, it's Paolo. If it's Jabari, it's Jabari. Like, it's those four guys are all reasonable enough for me. Um, and the same thing, like there's always there's also the question about like they have Wendell Carter and John Isaac, and it's like I don't care. Just, if you want Chet, take yeah. Chet. Wendell Carter is not a thing. He's good. Um, Wendell I Carter's mean, good. he's he's a he's a fine basketball player, but like I'm not like he's not why you don't I'm take not, him at number one. Yeah, I'm not I'm, I'm not like holding my breath, uh, not going to take Chet. But Jabari no. Jabari Smith is interesting. I don't. They're all really good in different ways. Yeah, I think they're just all different basketball players. Um, so you're not the you're not a Paolo guy. You're not a Paolo. I like Paolo. No, I, I've actually been a little bit trending upward on Paolo. I think his passing is like really really good, and he's going to be a good player. In fact, if you ask me like who the best player is now, it's probably Paolo. I just don't know about his defense, to be honest. I don't know about it. And his and his jump shot. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like, yeah, I, th- I, I think because of his passing, I don't worry about, as much about 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 his burst. Because he's a great, like he's. I think he could be like a more of like an older Blake Griffin kind of hub guy, like when Blake wasn't a nuclear athlete anymore, like in late Detroit and was still really good, like that kind of player. But I don't think that um, upside wise, I think both Chet and Jabbar have higher upside than Paolo does. Just from skill, I, I think Chet because because of his just raw tools and his defense are just crazy. His his profile, if it works, and then Jabari's jump shot is just absurd. So if he becomes and Jamari's a, better, a, a much, much, much better defender. So like, there's there's concerns about Chet and Jamari too. But I think I would have it right now. I would I would have a Chet. Javari, I have a Chet Jamari Paolo. But Paolo is closer to two than than uh, like he's closer to Jamari than he is to Chet. Yeah, I, I think I'm kind of in agreement with you. If I honestly, if I like Jaden Ivy more, I think I'd be more interested in a vacuum the Hawks trading up to get him but same there's some there's just something about his game i'm not no i like him i, I just think that i wish he was about i'm saying this on a couple of podcasts but like if he was a better shooter or a better passer yeah yeah but, it's, but it's but it's neither for me like I, and he might and he might be a good shooter eventually and he's already a fine ish shooter now and he's improved a lot but if i trusted the shot or the passing i would be way 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 in and now it's like for both for me having both of those be kind of question marks is not what you want from a six four guard and i i think he i think he's a great athlete but i don't know if he's nuclear in the same way that john moran is if that makes sense like i, mean, I don't know i don't know if anybody is like but he's up there man he's a crazy athlete i'll say that about about ivy like he's a crazy athlete he is hmm. he's also he's also bigger than john moran 
by like maybe an inch or two. He's bigger. Plays the same type of defense, though. So uh, that is that is accurate. He does. Um, all right, Tyler. We've done a lot as we are prone to do on this pod. I will have to have you back once the dust settles, and we'll talk about whatever the heck they do in the next couple uh, of weeks. But until then, I appreciate you coming on. Please uh, plug any anime or whatever you want to share at the end of the podcast. Yeah, um, I want to plug F one. Uh, I oh, think I'm turning wow. into an F one guy. Uh, you and everybody saw, else other than me, I guess. Yeah, Team Mercedes. We had a good. We had a good. Uh, we had a good run. We, we had a good run wow. this weekend. We're going. Uh, we on it. All right. Cool. Yeah, third and fourth. So that's good. I don't know. We're not going to catch Red Bull, uh, but we're doing well this year. Now I watched a little bit of golf. I watched a little bit of golf this past weekend. Not a lot. I don't know any of these dudes. They're just dudes to me. But it was it was good golf. It was funny. I think I caught at one point. It felt like everybody on the leaderboard, it was like, I mean, because the U.S. Open, I mean, you know more than me, but like U.S. Open's kind of ridiculous. I think it was on Saturday um, where the ball, like, or either Friday or Saturday where the, like, the ball it was, was Saturday. rolling off the Yeah, field. Saturday, nobody did well on Saturday. Nobody played well on Saturday. And it was like, so. how is everybody, everybody's hitting into the rough. Everybody's That's the U.S. Up. Open. It's always chaos. Yeah, it's always chaos. <laughs> yeah, it's always complete chaos. And uh, yeah, I'm not a, uh, not a golf expert, but I, I do watch a lot and, uh, that's tends to be the tournament that's the most entertaining in some ways because it's just like complete madness, like it was. Um, the Masters is all about the visuals, of course, but uh, the U.S. Open is uh, insanity. So, golf talk at the end of the podcast. What were, what were yeah. the odds of that? Not very. Yeah. High. Um, and you know, watching the Braves, like I'm, 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 I got super into sports this past weekend. Your guy, your guy, Dansby. Money dance. They gonna have to pay him. Somebody gonna have to pay him. I don't care who. <laughs> they gonna have to get, run my boy his check. That's Your all God. that matters to me. Cobb County's finest. There it is. Marietta's um, finest. Yes, sir. Uh, I know. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Tyler. I appreciate it, man. Uh, please follow Tyler's content if he lets you on his locked account on Twitter. You yeah, can see it on Jonesy, the Jonesy two X four on Twitter. There you go. He might not let you, but he might let you eventually. Um, I appreciate it, man. We'll we'll talk again very soon. As for everybody else. I have no idea how many podcasts I'm going to do this week, but it might be like 10. I have no idea. We're already at two. This, this is this is the third. I have another, maybe another bonus coming, another draft night stuff, pre-draft stuff. Stay tuned, subscribe, tell a friend, and we'll see you next time.